Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we give a voice to the women whose story is moving, meaningful, and compelling. We are so excited to have Karen Catlin on the show today. Many of you already know her, those who don't should. Um, I was one of the first people to buy her most recent book, and it's fascinating and fabulous, and she has so much great stuff to say. I'll stop talking and say, Karen, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Susan, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I am excited to be here. And a little bit about myself, just briefly, is I am a former vice president of engineering. I spent 25 years in the software business, building software products. And about seven, eight years ago, I pivoted to my second career. And I am now an advocate for inclusive workplaces, which means I'm a leadership coach. I am a public speaker and an author of a few books. I should have noted that. Um, I only have one of your books. I have to get busy on Amazon. So I'm super impressed and glad that you made this pivot in your career. Otherwise, I would not know you or know about you and your books. Uh, of these wonderful accomplishments, well, first of all, I want to know more about your books, but I'd like to also know what made you make the pivot. Yes. Yeah, so when I was still working in tech in my full-time job, I was sort of had my eyes opened that there was a problem with gender diversity. I mean, today, it, I think most people are aware of the problems around diversity, especially in tech, but also in other industries. But if we look back 10 or 12 years, and I'll call it, you know, before Sheryl Sandberg wrote Lean In, um, it, go back before that, there wasn't as much of a conversation going on or a concern. But I had my eyes open because I went to a big women in tech conference called the Grace Hopper Celebration. And this goes back now, like 14 years ago, I went to that conference, had my eyes opened, and I came back to my company all fired up thinking, rightly so, I believe, that as the most senior woman on the engineering side of our company, I had a role to play to support women not just in engineering, but across the whole company. So what that meant is I started our women's employee resource group. I started mentoring a lot of women and just basically advocating for women and gender diversity in various meetings and conversations I was having. And after doing all of that advocacy work for women across the company, in addition to my VP of engineering role, you know, one of them just became more my passion and it wasn't being a VP of engineering. So that catalyzed me to want to basically spend all my professional time working on diversity in the industry and figuring out how I could have um, an impact and help you know, my focus is tech, but uh, primarily, but sort of help tech become more inclusive and diverse. Yeah, that's so that's sort of the backstory of that. And that's an area, um, an industry that really, really, really needs you most. Um, sad to say. So I too live in Silicon Valley and I know exactly the, the problems, challenges and um, struggles that women face with the man interrupter mm -hmm. and the stolen ideas and all these things that we read about. Um, so I think not only do, first of all, I love what you do, um, but we need more of that. We need you to do more. <laughs> we need you more. Um, we need more um, of you. So we need to clone you, Karen. Oh, well, I'll tell you the way I try to clone myself is by using 
social media and of course writing books and speaking about this this whole topic as well so um, i'm doing my best over here to clone myself but i haven't perfected it yet <laughs> well i'm so excited to have you here on the podcast so we'll do our best to share your message with um as big an audience as possible so tell us what is your proudest professional accomplishment i can't imagine it's not what you're doing now but in case it is tell me what your proudest moment is yeah no i, I as I think about that and reflect on it, of course, I think most of us as humans think about the most recent thing we did. Um, and as I reflect just on the this recent phase of my, you know, my second career and all of that, I do think writing, I've written three books um, in, and I'll say, I'll, I'll claim this, in my 50s. So I feel like I am late to becoming an author, but I am so proud that I have now published three books. Yeah. So tell us Thank about you. the books. Tell us about these books. So yeah. So the first one I co-authored with a colleague of mine. Her name's Pornima Vijay Shankar, and we wrote a book called "Present: A Techie's Guide to Public Speaking." And we wrote that based on some workshops that we had developed and some online learning we were doing. And I'll tell you, it's not gendered the book or the workshops. It's absolutely applicable to anyone. But I really got passionate about helping women learn this craft of public speaking, whether it's at a meeting and sharing work you know, internally at your company or getting out on a bigger stage. And I got passionate about it because women often are invisible, unrecognized in, for what they're doing. And I want every person who's from an underrepresented group in their industry to be more visible and a great way to do that is through public speaking. So I wrote the first book on public speaking. Um, I then went on to write my second book, which is called Better Allies, Everyday Actions to Create Inclusive, Engaging Workplaces. And I can tell you a little bit about the backstory about that book if you're interested, but I'll hop yes. to the next book. Okay, well, let me just finish off the three books and I'll go back to Better Allies. Um, and then my third book, uh, which came out just in January of 2020, is called The Better Allies Approach to Hiring. And um, <laughs> I don't think there's much of a market right now, given the um, challenges that so many industries around the world are facing, but um, hopefully it's, it will be helpful to those who are doing hiring right now. Um, so the backstory on Better Allies, let me get back to that. Um, I mentioned that one of the reasons I pivoted is because in my career, I wanted to just have more of an impact and help create a more inclusive and diverse tech industry. And Susan, of course, like, what's the first thing anyone does these days if they want to change the world? You know, you start a Twitter handle, right? So. <laughs> Yes. Just over, just over five years ago, I started this Twitter handle called At Better Allies. And my goal was simply to share sort of simple everyday things people could do to be more inclusive at work. And these tweets I was forming and curating based on research that social scientists do who really study this field um, or cautionary tales that were being reported about the lack of diversity or the challenges, um, the misogyny and so forth that we were seeing in the industry. Just, I was curating ideas and trying to figure out, okay, based on this research or this thing that some person did that was really lousy, what is the everyday action people can take to be different and to be more inclusive? And so I was just curating these things and tweeting them out and this little Twitter handle started growing in popularity. I mean, it was just sort of me anonymously sharing different things I would do to be more inclusive. And people would find it. 
they would like tag a bunch of friends and say, hey, you got to follow better allies. They've got some great advice, great ideas, really actionable. Um, that led to me anonymously getting speaking engagements. People would reach out to me uh, to the Better Allies Twitter handle and basically say, hey, does anyone at your initiative do any public speaking? Because we have an event. And of course, Susan, the first thing I would think of is like my initiative, the Better Allies initiative. Like this is just me like sending out a tweet every day or so. <laughs> it's not an initiative. It's just like a little part-time something or other. But and you know um, I want to say you have built, look, it is an initiative. It was just that you're you're self-deprecating, but you are one powerful woman and you're just maybe not aware of your power. But I'm going to tell you, you are that initial drop that sent out ripples and waves across the ocean. Oh my gosh. Thank you for saying that. I so appreciate that. Um, we get stuck in the imposter syndrome echo yeah. chamber in our own heads so easily. And so it's so helpful to hear people um, like you and what you just sh said just means the world to me. Thank you, Susan. Yeah. Um, so at any rate, I started getting speaking engagements. I did some speaking and then at the end, you know, during a Q&A for a talk I'd give, every time someone would say, hey, Karen, do you have a book? Because we want more of this stuff. We want more of these everyday actions we can take. We want more inclusive workplaces. We just don't know what to do. So it took me a while and I kept saying, I don't have one yet. I don't have one yet, but I did finally write it. And so that's the backstory of how I came to write my book, my second book, Better Allies. And that's the one I have. And I think everyone, well, first of all, I think everyone should have that book. And I'm, I'm almost pretty sure that had I read the others, I would say the same. So, <laughs> No, well, thank you. I mean, that, that is, um, I would love everyone to read that. Um, it de definitely, it, it, it would be music to my ears. And, you know, I've been talking a lot about tech, 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 because that's my primary, you know, that's my experience. That's where I grew up professionally. But what I have been hearing is that the book is so applicable to areas outside of tech. I am giving a talk to uh, later this week to a large clothing manufacturer who loves the message and wants their employees to know about this. I'm giving the, a talk to a credit union, the banking industry soon. I've given it at higher ed, um, higher education um, conferences. I've also heard from doctors, you know, medical doctors right now who are in the front line of our crisis. I've heard from them, and this is, I, I almost can't believe this. I heard from an emergency room physician last week who said, I just finished your book and it is so important. And I'm thinking, you must just be like working and sleeping and eating. Like, how can you have time to read a nonfiction book like mine? Which um, I was so impressed, but doctors are finding it helpful too as they think about navigating their professional situation careers as well as treating patients who might be different from the, them and they need to be more inclusive to those patients so i am i am so pleased with the the um the reaction and the support i'm getting from outside of tech as well as of course inside of tech well i'll say that i teach gendered communications and how it impacts bias either combats it or contributes to it depending on what you know. Um, and I'll say that your book has been remarkably helpful to me. And I can see that it's applicable across industries because why? Because it's about relationships and how people treat one another, regardless of industry, how we communicate with one another. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, I love, you keep writing those books. And I, <laughs> I, I think that in this time of, you know, 
love and Corona, we uh, have a little more time on our hands to read more. And I'm so excited about that or to listen to podcasts like yours and mine today. Um, and I, that excites me. Now, that's the only thing about this that excites yeah. me. Um, but it's good to know that we have your books to lean on and read while um, staying home, staying safe, staying clean, and staying six feet away. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, has someone inspired you or been a mentor or sponsor to you? Oh, of course. Um, you know, so yes, yes, yes. And I'll just say that I am a huge believer in micro-mentoring, micro-sponsorship. And what I mean by that is people taking, you know, small acts. Um, I used to get so intimidated when I'd hear people talking about their mentor. You know, what I've learned from my mentor is blah, 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 blah. I'd be intimidated because it's like, oh, shoot, I don't have one of those people. But I have realized that I have so many mentors, which I'm now calling micro-mentors, mentors who've helped me at different times. I've reached out to, to get advice on something, mentors who have really been inspirational to me. And so you know, I think your question was, do I have a favorite or can I think of one who's been incredibly inspiring? It's like, no, there are too I many to mention. <laughs> I love that answer. Um, yes, that's so great. Now, I have to say, folks, there are a lot of you out there who would answer no, not yet, or no, I haven't, or sadly, I didn't. Um, so we're very fortunate that we have, and we have agreed to pay it forward and be there for others. And that's exactly what Karen does. And that's what she's talking about here. So Yay. I love that. Um, I want to ask you something. You said micro mentoring. I love that phrase. I mean, it doesn't have to be some grand gesture and you don't have to, you know, even write a, you know, giant recommendation or testimonial of someone, but you can help them in small ways. And that leads perfectly into my next question. Um, I believe strongly that we should lift each other as women in business. And that's far too rare. Um, because perhaps people either one think it's too daunting or it has to be some grand gesture or two they're not on board yet with women lifting other women i believe that we need to be collaborative and not competitive and um, that's precisely why someone who does what you do which is similar to what i do is on my show let me ask you what is a micro sponsorship or micro um mentorship idea or how how could you advise us to just in our everyday lives help one another Yes, uh, and one hundred percent, you know, thumbs up to what you just said. I, I am a big believer in that. Um, in fact, when I was on the board of the Women's Club of Silicon Valley, aka the club, I, I remember um, having the opportunity to write a sort of a, a well a post to the membership, and I was just like, you know, what? I need a hashtag, and the hashtag that just popped into my head was hashtag women helping women. That was the theme of, of my message and everything. And I think it's a theme for my life now too. And so I don't, you know, I think first of all, there are so many women who do embrace helping other women. I see it every day. Um, and I think that my overall, I'll, I'll just call it my overall message here is that we need to be cognizant that each of us, as we look to lift up others, have certain talents and certain skills that we can use to lift others up. And then also not everyone needs the same lifting. So I think we right. need to be careful about like making sure that we are giving that kind of lift to people who will find it helpful. Um, just some examples of how I do this. Uh, I certainly 
and you know, some some months are just busier than others with my professional calendar, but I do try to say yes to different people who are reaching out to me saying, Karen, I have a colleague, a friend, somebody, can you spend half an hour on a call with them? And I try to say yes every time because I do like to share just advice if, if it's going to be helpful. So I, I do try to make room for that um, kind of um, pick your brain type of, of phone call whenever I can. Um, awesome. I, yeah. And I'll just say another example of what I try to do to give back is that my alumni organization does matching for people who've graduated, like myself, with seniors, women specifically, women who are seniors in college who are starting to, yeah, navigate, like, how can I move um, on, whether it's going to grad school or going to a full-time job or something. And so I always ask to get matched with someone who has um, an interest in getting into computer science or tech, because I'd love to help them navigate their job search or, again, like, um, figuring out grad school type of options too. So that's something I, I've done for years and years. And frankly, I get just as much out of it as I think my mentees get out of it. Oh, I'm um, sure they do. Yeah. You're like, I mean, that's the long straw. I mean, you're like <laughs> lucky, lucky winner gets to um, be your mentee. Oh, you know? so <laughs> well, thank you. You really are, Karen, walking the walk. So I, I'm super impressed. I only knew you peripherally through the club. Um, I want to tell you, Lorraine is an amazing, remarkable woman who does a lot of what we do too. And she yes. asked me, um, she was my guest on my 100th podcast. So it was a very special edition and we probably talked for an hour, but um, she's remarkable. And she said to me, she said, Susan, if there's something I do that you do that you don't want to promote, let me know. And I thought, well, how kind and generous of her, but no, I am totally not of that mindset. I believe that this message we're sending is so important. It must be told in every possible language. And because the receiver makes meaning of the message, if you have an audience and you share your message with them and it moves our needle, I say bravo and great. Good on you and let's do it. So yes. uh, of course I included all the wonderful things she did and does and all the wonderful, I will include all the wonderful things you do uh, and will continue to do. We'll, we'll get through this. We'll get through this. Uh, folks, you might imagine this crisis is hard on everyone, but particularly hard from an economic standpoint on those of us who are small business owners or solopreneurs or speakers who make our living off of um, face-to-face public speeches and reaching out and shaking hands and building relationships. So this is this is quite a strain, which is another reason I find the podcast of use uh, for those of us like Karen and myself. So... Let me ask you, I'm sure as perky and excited, and, and look, my cheeks are burning, I'm smiling, you got me very enthusiastic here. Um, let me ask you, it hasn't always been, you know, a bed of roses. So what perhaps has been your biggest challenge or setback and how did you overcome it? Mm. Oh, so many. Uh, you know, I will name, call out, actually starting my business that I have now. To set context, I had only ever worked for you know, larger organizations where it was a guaranteed paycheck, um, benefits, support, all of that. And I had work to do. Like work was assigned to me and I did it. Starting my own business as a solopreneur, 
I knew I wanted to do this, but it was so intimidating. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm an introvert. Now I have to go and do business development. Okay. And I have to figure out my pricing and I have to figure out my website and my messaging and figure out the tools to use to be successful. Like, oh my gosh. And then I need a business license and file for an LLC. And like, all of this stuff that you do as a solopreneur can be overwhelming. So that was hugely challenging to figure it all out. So a little bit of like drinking from a fire hose in terms of all of this stuff. Um, and so, so I was doing that, starting to get some initial coaching clients. Thank you to my initial coaching clients. Um, so important to land a few people initially. Um, starting to get a lot of advice from people about setting up a small business. Um, thank you to all of those people who, who shared their advice very freely with me. Um, but it was very hard to get the revenue stream going. Super challenging. And I um, fortunately had money in the bank to see me through. So that was not an issue, but there were many times where I almost threw in the towel. Like, I can't do this. I can't make a go of this. This is, this is not me. There's something that I, I need to do something different. There were a few times and I'll just say, and this is how I am wired is I thrive on positive reinforcement and feedback. And my partner, Tim was my rock through all of that where Aww. He, I mean, he just kept saying, no, Karen, you've got this. It's going to take a little while, but you've got it. You've got to keep going. We're fine financially. Don't worry about your revenue targets. Just keep pushing into this idea that you have. Um, and that really made me stick with it. I'm so glad I did. Um, but we all yeah. need a Tim. I have a Tim. His name is Mike, but I have one too. <laughs> I love that. Thank you, Mike. Um, (laughs) Very scary and not, not the kind of fear that is um, false. It's real. It is, it is uh, palpable and it is real because you have let go of that every two weeks paycheck and that guaranteed, you know, healthcare benefits and so forth um, to, to live your dream. And I think it's worth it. Don't get me wrong. Now, look, we've been in this COVID coma for, I don't know, I've been in it for two weeks. I was um, tested and had to be quarantined before the the shelter in place order came out. So I've been stuck <laughs> here for quite uh-huh. a while now. Um, thank God for the podcast, right? But um, I'll say that we will come out of this. We will come out of this, mm-hmm. but it's very hard and we have to be very creative in how to reach our public. I have a lot of people that I coach. Now I do that as a, a freebie, as an aside. Uh, because the way that I earn a living is through public speaking. And I think you do too. You might charge for coaching though, but you do definitely make your living through public speaking. So I would say folks, reach out to Karen and find out how through um, digital means that you can still get the benefit of the message and view her body language and her facial expressions through virtual means and you know, her message is still powerful and meaningful and we all still need it. And perhaps we need it more now than before. Um, Well, thank you. You know, Susan, I will just say that 
I, so I have an, a weekly newsletter like many um, nice. small businesses do. Um, and I've been getting feedback from people who I don't know, who are just subscribers, you know, they, and they're reading. And there's been a theme of, Karen, you need to keep going. Because some yeah. of this, like, I, I don't know what people want to be hearing now. This is so disruptive, what we are going through. Um, as we record this, I'll just say the date. I don't know when you publish it, but this is March 30th. We are, we are not yet in the um, right. worst of it. And it's still like, I don't know what people need, but people are sending me messages of support saying, keep the newsletter going primarily because the consistency is helpful. So that's good. But they're saying this, what, what we are dealing with as a global world, global community is that as we come out of the crisis, we have an opportunity and a necessity to do things differently. And part of doing things differently can it's an opportunity it can be to be more inclusive with our work environments and so people are looking at this um as as the the coronavirus as a disruptive nature that may lead to good and i love that i, I am such an optimist so so thank you for the shout out for my work i do in some ways think it might be even more important now than ever as we start creating new social norms new a f new fabric to our workplace um, that because we have been so disrupted. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think that your newsletter is helpful. Maybe you could take it to, um, I don't know, maybe you could bring it online once a week to talk about this week's newsletter. And if you have feedback or questions, call in and we'll discuss it on the Zoom. Um, oh my gosh, that's such a good idea. Yeah. So make that opportunity available in your newsletter and people can click to sign up um, or if they want the link to the zoom meeting you'll send it to them um, but say we're going to discuss this week's newsletter and how are you feeling and that will give you content for the next week as well that's that's more based on feedback from your um membership or, or listeners right. or clients or whatever. right yeah so thank you yeah yeah happy to do that um, ha hashtag women helping women look what you just did <laughs> And you know, it's funny that you say that. First of all, I love your hashtag. Mine is lift and rise, lift and rise, Excellent. which is also um, oddly, um, not oddly, but I thought I would be doing Peloton every day. I bought a Peloton. <laughs> I have only done it once, but my name on there is lift and rise, lift and rise. So all right. Um, yes, women helping women. So if there's anything I can do, um, like put you, you know, you'll be on my website. First of all, you'll be in a blog that I write. Second of all, um, you will be in the podcast that goes out over 10 different channels on the web, third of all. And if there's anything else creative that you think about that I can do to help you, let me know because I have a rather big audience and would be happy to share a little bit of Karen Catlin with my audience. <laughs> well, and likewise, right back at you. So we can, you. we can continue that conversation at, offline. Sure, sure. So tell us something surprising about you. Yeah. Um, okay. I like to knit with wire. What? What? <laughs> Ouch. No. <laughs> that must hurt. I'm just kidding. So it's like art. Tell me more. Yes. Uh, so there's a technique that you can put beads on wire, wire that's flexible, not really stiff wire, but you bead the wire and then you start knitting and you can create these beautiful bracelet cuffs um, that are just stunning. And it's super fun to do this. It's a, it's a fun craft for me. And in the past, I've like made 
dozens of these and sold them to raise money for a charity. Um, wow. Just super fun. So that's, I think, I don't think there are many people who know how to knit with wire. That's I think it's sort of incredible. First of all, how unique. I've never heard of that before. Second of all, how meditative for you. You know, what a zen, it seems zen-like to do that. Um, it, at least what I'm imagining. Um, yeah. And third of all, how beautiful, you know, the outcome is, it sounds gorgeous. So we'll have Thank to put you. a few pictures on the blog that I write about you after. So share. Okay, I'll, I'll send you a photo or two of those. Yeah, Definitely. and you need to throw Tim in there too. Send us a, some <laughs> candid pictures of you. And, and we want to know what you do when you're not changing the world with your powerful um, public speaking. So um, we want to get to know you a little bit outside of work, if you, if you know what I mean. Of so, course. For those people who have never met you, even uh, virtually, they want to reach you or they want to learn more about you, how can they do that? Yes, the best and easiest thing is to go to my website, which is karencatlin.com. And then if you're more interested in my work on Better Allies, I also have a website called betterallies.com, which connects can connect you to my newsletter, my books, uh, my Twitter handle, and so forth. So those are the two websites. Very nice. And folks, I'll put that in the blog as well in case you didn't get to jot that down. Um, Karen, you are so delightful. It has been my pleasure having you here today. Um, I can't wait to put together your blog, which um, folks, you know, I have that out within 48 hours. So looking forward to sharing more about Karen Catlin with my world. And then Karen, you can uh, share the link when it's done with whomever you wish. Okay, I absolutely will. Susan, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Well, you're so welcome. You're so delightful. So have a good day and folks order those books. I know I have two to go um, get right now on Amazon. I loved Better Allies. I'm sure I'll love your other two as well. Thank you. Bye-bye.